0: Hi angels, welcome back to Love, Sex and Magic with me, your host, Mel Wells. I'm so excited to share this episode with you because this was something that we did that we've never done before. This was an episode that we actually shot live at our last Goddess Collective Retreat. Uh, these retreats that I run, oh my goodness, I'm sure that you've seen the photos and the videos on Instagram, but they are just out of control amazing. Um, the last one that we did was in December. And so what we decided to do as a part of this retreat was to create a Q&A session where people could come and ask absolutely anything and we decided to record it and turn it into a live podcast. So what you're about to listen to was actually shot in Costa Rica during our retreat. Um, and it's you can get to be a bit of a fly on the wall uh, inside our retreat. So if you wanna watch this on video, if you're not already watching this on video, you can head over to YouTube to watch this on video. Um, if not, enjoy the audio. I hope that some of these questions that got answered are helpful for you. There are questions in here on love, Relationships, sex, uh, masculine and feminine energies, business, leadership, um, personal, spiritual, all kinds of things in here. So I hope that you enjoy. And yeah, let's go. Okay, so who has something? Who wants to go first? Hi,
1: hello. So my name is Jess, and. One of the biggest takeaways I've had from this retreat is um, how to connect um, and also how to be in my unmasked self. And it's been really powerful and really beautiful. Um, My question is, so there's been a lot that I've learned and things that have opened up throughout this retreat and throughout this week. And as we're coming to the end, I'm wondering what are some of your tips to help integrate a lot of that? I feel like a lot of doors have been opened um, and still question marks that needs to be worked through. So it's definitely like the starting of a lot of journeys and, and healing with certain things. So, yeah, there's a lot of integration afterwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So really, we're in a week long ceremony, right? and I know that you've worked with ceremony spaces before and plant medicine spaces, so I'll use that as a reference. So you go deep in the ceremony, and then the real work starts when you go back into your normal life, right? So it's like, how do I how do I show up differently in my life now as a result of being on this retreat, right? What we don't want to happen is you come on this retreat you have all these breakthroughs and then you just go straight back home back into your normal patterns back into your old thoughts and then you're like damn i went on that retreat and like i feel like nothing shifted right because you didn't keep up the work right and it's not that you have to like work at it but it's just that you have to be aware of okay, these are the shifts that I had. So how do I translate this into action? How do I translate this into me showing up differently in my life? Right? It's like, oh, I realized on this retreat that I have a fear of intimacy around women. Oh my God, groundbreaking. So when I go home, how can I like lean into that fear more? How can I support myself now now that I know that that's there? Does that make sense? Um... And then stay in touch with everyone here, right? This is a big hot tip. Stay in touch with everyone here because that's gonna really support you in continuing your journey. And see if you can keep that same level of vulnerability with each other, right? Stay in that WhatsApp group and don't, when you go back into your normal life and like things come up, see if you can imagine that that WhatsApp group is you guys all in this room together still. So be vulnerable. Share the truth of what's going on. Don't think, oh, I can't put that on them. I can't ask for support. Ask for it, right? Because we're all going to have stuff show up when we get home. Um, And when that stuff shows up, it's like, it's not like, oh, fuck, I've gone backwards. It's like, oh, here's an opportunity for me to show up differently than how I used to do before the retreat, right? It's kind of like you go on like like a boot camp. You know how people go on like juice retreats or boot camps for weight loss and then they go back home and keep eating junk food? We don't want to do that, right? We don't want to go back home and eat, think the same junk thoughts that we used to think about ourselves, right? So support is everything. Um, If you're in the Goddess Collective membership, dive into that, like make that a part of your spiritual practice. And then something that I always love to do after retreats is like keep rereading my journal, right? Everything that you've written down, like, like read it every day. Cause you're like, oh, I forgot about this. Okay, I'm gonna implement that today. Oh, I had this breakthrough. Okay, this is showing up right now in my relationship. Let me, let me like feel into how I can be different today. How I can try and push myself out of my comfort zone and lean into that edge a little bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, it
1: does. I think um, the main thing that like, when you were speaking there was, oh, that sounds scary. And then the other thing that came to mind is like just feel the fear and do it anyway with all of those. Things because it is wildly outside of your comfort zone. So, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What tends to happen after ceremony space is you'll go home and life, God, the universe will give you opportunities to practice what you've learned about yourself, right? So, don't be surprised if you go home and something comes up straight away and you're like, ah, (laughs) okay, it's like, just be like, oh, of course, this is coming up. Mel said this would happen. Of course, this is coming up. This is an opportunity for me to show up differently and respond differently to how I did before. And it's okay if you get it wrong. It's okay if you, you know, just learn from that and be like, okay, went back into my old pattern there for a sec, but not gonna do that next time because I'm gonna learn with love, right? With always with love for yourself. Okay, next time, this is what I'm gonna do. This is how I'm gonna be different. So yeah, we need the feminine to like dive deep into our shadows and alchemize all of this darkness into light. And then we need the masculine to like, how do I act differently because of this? What does this look like in
2: terms of what am I doing differently? Beautiful question. Thank you, Jess. Uh, Hi, my name's Lucy. Um, And one of the biggest takeaways that I've had from this retreat is a significant shift in the way that I view uh, my inner child and the healing process with my mom. Mm -hmm. And I feel a lot of forgiveness rather than resentment now, which is fantastic. Um, And my question is, if you're somebody like me um, who feels a lot of anxiety and nerves towards physical intimacy and you live in your head, how do you get out? Like, How do you work through that? Yeah.
0: Beautiful question. A lot of body work. Right. So like anything that you can do to connect to the body is your best friend. Right. So dance, um, movement practices, breath work, um, yoga right? Anything that you can do to like
2: get into your body every day. Yeah. So do you meditate much or no? I don't. And also something else that gives me great anxiety is dance. and like moving my body and I found that Uh here.
0: Okay. Often the thing that we're afraid of the most is the thing that holds the most medicine for us and the most healing for us, right? So the reason that you're in your head and struggling to like connect with the body and feel the body is the same thing that's Showing up as resistance to you dancing right okay. can you see that's the same thing yeah, yeah? so um with this you know because i'm not going to be like oh just throw yourself into like a you know like a daily dance class right but what feels like oh i could do that actually like maybe yoga or breath work like what is it that feels like i can actually access that and that feels like i can find safety there in my body
2: at this point, I honestly couldn't tell you. I don't okay. know. Maybe you found just you the yoga? Try it. Um, I found it okay. Not as intimidating as I thought that I would find it. I find it very difficult to get into some of the positions, but I've been just accessing at my level yeah. and like showing up. Okay. So. so if you can
0: find, if you can create your own daily practice, that's just Lucy connecting to her body, right? Um, and I would also say book in for some body work. Like maybe you can gift yourself like once a week or once a fortnight, get a massage, get like some beautiful. So that's like, that's intimacy, but it's, it's you receiving, right? So I would do that. And then intimacy with yourself first and foremost. So like, can you spend more time naked with yourself? Can you spend more time just being with yourself, um, intimate with yourself? Right. And if self-pleasure feels like far off at the moment, just, yeah, just being, being naked with yourself, dancing with yourself um, before you start thinking about like, you know, intimacy with another person. Yeah. It's all about feeling safe in the body. Right. So there's nothing wrong with you. Right. If that's a block right now, but you get to just work on safety in the body over and over again, safety in the body.
2: Yeah. Okay. I'll get there.
3: Thank you. You will. Okay. Who is next? Yes, Tiffany. My name's Tiffany Taylor. And there's been so many takeaways from this retreat. But I think the most beautiful thing is seeing my growth from the last retreat I went on with you in April and just to see how everything lasted. It's cool to see how when the mindset, when the mind stretches, it doesn't come back. And I've seen I'm just so much more in my feminine. I'm so much more dropped in. And I feel really good about it. So thank you. Great. The question I have is, so my transformation this year is I got off birth control for the first time in like 14 years. Yes. And I was just living in my masculine, which is what I attracted to me to you in the first place. And I don't feel that way anymore. I'm f- totally flowy in my feminine, but I still have or at least I feel like I have these rough edges where people say maybe I'm intimidating to walk up to. And I feel like while I'm feminine on the inside, maybe I don't come across that way always. So my question to you would be how do I more embody that like uh, or project that outwards hmm.
0: first of all there's nothing wrong with you right and if people are intimidated by you that's not a you think that's a them thing right um, and if you desire to lead with more softness all that requires is you just dropping into the heart every time you're in connection with someone right and just leading with softness leading with heart um, leading with that feminine energy and it's you know as as you said like it's it's a relatively like new shift you've been going through this year right so my um my guess is that like as you continue to soften and connect with your body like you will naturally those edges will feel a lot more gentle naturally Um, but also like you are you are powerful and you have like a powerful energy and i don't want you to dim that light ever okay yeah so you can still lead with your heart and have a powerful energy and some that will be the archetype of the queen right so some um some people will always feel intimidated by you but what i don't want to happen is you to make yourself smaller in any way mm mm-hmm. right yeah yeah yeah
4: thank you so much yeah thank you okay who has a question next yes um my name is Nayara and my biggest takeaway so far is that I changed or saw a different way to really show myself love and compassion so thank Mm -hmm. you for that beautiful and my question is related to my coaching business I have been into it for around two and a half years now and it's still quite challenging for me to get clients and be like consistently and i know that there are some still like limiting beliefs that keeps me stuck that i'm working through um but yeah i just wanted to ask you like what advice would you have for somebody like that is in this situation
0: mm-hmm. beautiful Can I ask what those limiting beliefs are that keep... What do you think they are? Like, what is the block that you're facing?
4: Uh, I don't know. It might be around money or, like, self-doubt or not feeling good enough Mm -hmm. or because I'm still transitioning. So sense of security or, like, how I'm able to get that money and receive that money.
0: So who else here has a business or is in the process of starting one? Lots of people, okay, beautiful. When you start doing personal growth work and spiritual growth work and you start to identify, oh, this is a wound for me and oh, this thing is something that I'm trying to work through, you'll start to notice, oh, this also shows up in my business, right? Because our business can be like a place where we get a lot of reflections about ourselves because we're the ones starting it. So do you see what I mean? Like all of our patterns are gonna show up in our business, right? So you said that your big takeaway so far has been about self-worth, about the way that you are able to love yourself, right? So the way to grow your business and overcome these blocks is not to compartmentalize your business from your soul growth work. So if you have a thing that you're working on around self-worth, the more you work on that for you, the, the more your business, the more it will show up in your business, as in the more it will heal in your business. Does that make sense? Yeah. So keep on doing the work? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep on doing the work because money is energy and money is just something else that we have a relationship with. But ultimately, your self-worth and your relationship with yourself impacts your relationship with money just like it impacts your relationship with a partner, just like it impacts your relationship with food, right? So you doing this work here to go deeper into yourself is gonna help you in your business, right? So yeah, keep doing the work and I think seek out, um, yeah, I don't wanna talk too much about the queendom right now, but if you're interested in like business coaching and support, then that's what the queendom is about. but yeah, like money mindset stuff tends to be connected to our relationship with money growing up, our you know origin wounds around what we perceived to be our worst, how our parents interacted with money. Um, but the more you do the work, the more that's gonna start to shift. Yeah. Okay.
5: Thank you. Yeah,
0: thank you.
6: Okay, my question is about relationships, monogamous male-female relationships. Great. Um, What are some of your biggest tips in creating harmony and balance in relationship with your partner? Mm -hmm. And how do you handle triggers? What
0: are some of your tips, kind of what works for you, and what do you see working for others? (sighs) Prioritize the relationship, right? To not put – to not avoid leaning in, right? Some people, when it comes to relationships – want to avoid the hard conversations and lean out and just focus on work and kind of go into another room and be like, oh, I can't talk to you about this. And then it's like the silent treatment. I would never recommend that. I think in relationships, it's always healthy to lean in, right? Okay. What is this, what is this, um, this crunchy moment? Like, what is this trigger? Let's lean into it. If you have both... People that are doing their own inner work in their own lives and that are self-aware, you should be able to both take responsibility for your sides, right? So if you have something come up for you or if something comes up for your partner, you wanna be gentle with each other, be in your softness with each other. Sometimes it takes the woman to soften first, right? And that's okay. Um, So be willing to go first in being gentle, speaking with love. And something that that I'll do if the energy is very high in like an argument, let's say, is I'll just go, okay, I love you. I'm on the same side as you. All I'm trying to do is be understood right now. Can you just like, just hear me, right? And often that's, stops you from being like Wah! at each other, right? It's like, okay, I love you so much. I'm just trying to make you understand where I'm coming from, right? Listen to each other, give each other the opportunity to to hear each other, to be seen, to be understood. Um, and I think it's always, always remember that you're on the same team. You both want a healthy relationship. You both want to be connected. So notice where in an argument you're trying to be right because often when you're trying to be right it's like that energy is like really unhealthy for the relationship right and then you start to like stack up these point scoring right like oh i was right in that argument and he should say sorry right for me i think the best way to like diffuse those arguments is to both take take responsibility right so make sure you're cleaning up your side of the street right Even if it's, you know, I'm sorry that I assumed this thing or, you know, I'm sorry that I misunderstood. Um, But always taking responsibility for your side, always trying to lead with softness and um, yeah, seeking to connect rather than to be the one that wins. I think that's really important. I think the thing that drives couples apart a lot is like this energy of like who's in the right and who's in the wrong um and then the second thing that i'll say is resentment is a really slow poison to relationships and resentment can also really impact our intimacy with each other because if we're holding on to this all of these things that i'm still mad at you for doing this thing last year or i'm still mad at you for lying to me about this thing or whatever it is you're still holding on to that you don't want to be intimate with that person right you don't want to connect with that person so any, If anything starts to rear its head that could become a resentment, you wanna try and clear it straight away, right? You wanna try and nip it in the bud rather than, oh, I just won't say anything, I just won't speak my truth because hopefully it won't happen again. You wanna like be brave enough to like come vulnerably from your heart and be like, I love you so much and I'm noticing that this, doesn't, this didn't feel good and I wanna voice it now because I don't want it to grow into a thing later.
7: Um, So a big takeaway for me from this week was right off the bat from the start, being seen and seeing how that changes your accountability and also um, how it changes you to be received by a sister. And it's like the most amazing feeling. So, I mean, I will voice things that matter to me more now instead of hiding it because it's just so powerful when you release it. And then also like the importance of seeing a sister and like helping her. Because two is always better than one when it comes to um what's what's burdening you. Uh my question though, Mel. Oh, sex. Oh, <laughs> we want to talk about sex. Let's what are some tips that you have for us to have just the most orgasmic Pleasureful
0: sex. Who wants this question answered? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Um might not be the juicy answer that you're expecting, but I'm gonna start with what intuitively feels like the answer to this. Exactly what you just said your biggest takeaway was being seen is the key to like deep connection before you get into the bedroom, right? Your sex life is gonna be always way more rich, way more juicy. You're gonna have the most um, orgasmic time with a partner when you're deeply connected to them, right? When you're deeply connected to someone that means letting yourself be seen by them, right? No masks, no bullshit, no pretense. A lot of people just wanna skip to the good orgasms, right? They're just like, just tell me the best position or like, how do I do this? But, you know, For the feminine, for the yoni to open, like the yoni is very connected to the heart, right? Which is why our best orgasms are always gonna be with people that we like deeply love and feel connected to. So that, and then what else? I think the best sex is with a lot of foreplay outside of the bedroom first. So like flirting, sexy text messages, little looks, little glances, things, all of this leads up to the great sex, right? Um, Is this answering your question? Yeah. Do you have any follow-up questions Mm -hmm. or anything that you want me to speak more
7: on? I mean, I feel like self-pleasure too is like an area that I'm getting more comfortable with, Mm -hmm. but also like... Shaking that shame that we've been built to feel yeah. with
0: that. Yeah. So self-pleasure is this um, really incredible tool to help you get more in tune with your sexual energy. And the really incredible thing about your sexual energy is the more you circulate it, the more you have, right? The more it's like the more you use it, the more you have, right? Has anyone noticed that like the more they self-pleasure, the more they have like this higher sex drive all of a sudden, right? And it's like, if you stop accessing that, you almost kind of like, your body kind of shuts down and like, I don't even remember how to do that, right? Um, So if you want to charge that energy up, that's a beautiful way to do it. And I also don't wanna be like, yeah, you should self-pleasure every single day because you know that's not everyone's reality, right? Um, But it's a beautiful practice. It's a beautiful way for you to get intimate with yourself. And it's very sexy, you know, it's very sexy. Um, and you get to do it however you want to do it. Right. Yeah, thank you. I feel like there's more. I feel like there's more. <laughs> hmm Slow down. Yeah, slow. Yeah, for more pleasure, slow, right? It's, again, coming into that feminine energy of receiving, of pleasure. If we approach sex in this kind of goal-oriented way of like, I'm in here to get my orgasm, right? Then it's like, I'm in and I'm out. And it's like, then you're gonna have, you're gonna have a sex session where, yeah, you might like, feel like you did it and you got it but did you really like slow down and like deeply like nourish yourself and like really feel like you were worshipped right so we get to practice how we want to be made love to in our self-pleasure sessions right so if you approach your self-pleasure like okay I'm just gonna whip my vibrator out and you know in five minutes I'll have had an orgasm then um that might not be the way that you want a partner to make love to you right you might want someone to devour you you might want someone to really take their time on you so we get to start to cultivate that with ourselves and how we go through our whole lives is how we're making love to ourselves right how we're making love to our lives how we moisturize how we take care of ourselves how we slow down how we engage with pleasure through the day right how soft we are with ourselves and with the people that we love um this is all leading to how we are in the bedroom that feels good yeah thank you awesome thank you my loves I have to share with you if you are loving this episode and you are craving the tools the practices and the wisdom needed to start leading your business from a place of feminine energy and feminine leadership the Queendom Mastermind is now open for enrollment for a year of mentorship with me this Mastermind is now the most accessible most affordable most inclusive that it's ever been and I'm so excited to share with you. There's new and improved version for 2023. It's now open for enrollment for a year of mentorship. You can connect with fellow queens around the world, listen to guest expert classes, access an entire bolt of masterclasses on leadership and business, strategy, creativity, expansion, launching, and so much more alongside learning from me and my fellow queens for an entire year. If you have been craving a mastermind that prioritizes feminine leadership, and feminine energy and integrated masculine and feminine energies too, then go ahead and go to the link in the show notes or melwells.com slash queendom to get involved. We start in February. Let's go.
6: My name is Sierra and over this retreat, I've definitely felt like a deeper self-love for my feminine energy that I just have a hard time tapping into. I'm definitely in my masculine energy a lot more. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, I'm wondering for each of the archetypes, how the father wound comes into it. Over this retreat, we've talked a lot about the sister wound and the mother wound, Mm -hmm. um, but I know for myself, I have a deep father wound um, that has come in with my relationships and like feeling like I need a male to keep me safe in my life um, and sort of deepening that trust. And how that looks with the archetypes.
5: Mm. Okay,
0: beautiful. So what was your mom and dad's relationship like growing up? Um, they
6: were divorced when I was really young. Um, and then my dad was kind of, I saw him like a couple times a year. So not often.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was your relationship like with him?
6: Um, it's definitely distant.
0: Definitely distant?
6: Yeah, it's distant. It's just like okay. kept at an arm's length. Okay. Yeah. And
0: how did how did that make you feel?
6: Um, like I, I can't really tap into anything deeper with him. So I just sort of like un, unsafe, I guess, to share with him. Unsafe to share my emotions. Um, just really shallow. I guess it's just a really shallow relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of relationship did you want with your dad growing up?
6: Uh, a, a deeper relationship, something that has like some substance to it,
0: mm-hmm.
6: some emotion. Yeah.
0: And what did you want from him? Uh, attention. Attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Some presence. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And so that's showing up now in your life because. you feel like you need a man to be there in order for you to feel like safe. Yeah. Right? So the father wound is our relationship with the masculine, right? That's all stemming back to how we related to our dad growing up and how we did or didn't receive the love that we wanted from him, right? So in terms of the archetypes you're asking about, right, if you have, um, if you have a, let's say you had a, you had a father that you, you know, didn't see very much, right? It was always gone, always distant. You, a, may have grown up thinking, I really crave that masculine figure, which means I always need to be in a relationship, right? Or it might be the opposite, like, oh, he wasn't around, so I'm just going to become hyper independent because I don't need a man. I don't need anyone, right? I can do this by myself. Both are responses to the father wound, right. In terms of the archetypes, um, each archetype, if you're predominantly in one of those archetypes, then the, the father wound will show up differently. For example, like the maiden, the shadow of the maiden is the damsel in distress, right? who's waiting to be saved by a man, right? Who's waiting to be saved by the prince? So my life can't begin until a man is here, right? Or when I finally meet my person, he's gonna come along and make everyone, everything better all of a sudden, right? Do you relate to that at all?
6: Mm Mm-hmm. Totally, and the like swinging from one to the other. Like I'm just like on my own, this is fine. I'm gonna dig into this strength. Or like, no, I want to be in, like I need to be in a very codependent relationship. So just like swinging and never really finding that center Which is the work I'm doing
0: now. Yeah. So you if you can find like what is the thing that I always deeply wanted from my dad, and actually acknowledge that he the way that his soul path was, the way that your soul path was, he was not meant to ever give you that. Right. And what can happen with the father wound is we start trying to get the love that we didn't get from our dad through our relationships, right? So we get to see, okay, this is my dad, totally separate from the relationships that I have with men, right? He has his own wounds, he has his own inner child, he has his own stuff from his childhood, which meant that he wasn't able to give me what I needed from him, what I wanted from him. And so there's a forgiveness that gets to happen Right. There's like a there's like a releasing him from needing to be the perfect dad. And actually, from a soul level, you guys were meant to be together to learn from each other. Right. So there's a lot of forgiveness and healing work that we get to do around that, which you don't actually need him to be involved in at all. Right. But then the the work will the the inner work that you get to do in your romantic life is. Making sure that like the men that show up in your life are not you projecting your father wound onto them, right? Because otherwise, that's going to turn into a trauma bond. That's going to turn into this um, unhealthy dynamic because you're trying to get your father needs met instead of showing up to a healthy relationship. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. But father wound work is ongoing and very deep and. It's it's a lifelong process, right? So I don't want you to like beat yourself up about this because everyone gets to do this work, especially if we're in relationship with men, right? It's going to show up, um, but just keep inquiring, keep doing the work, um, and yeah, I'm gonna do. A, I'm actually gonna do a workshop on this because it's a really beautiful topic and it's something that's been really instrumental in my healing journey. Um, We do it a lot inside of Alchemy of the Heart, but we're going to do it inside the collective soon as well, because I want to take people through like a bit more of a structured process. But does that help?
6: Yeah, that helps. And I feel like there's some like tools in there that I can actually do after this too.
0: Okay, Um, great.
6: Yeah. So that helps. Yeah.
0: Another tool you can do, which would be really helpful is look back at your partners, make a list of their light attributes and their shadow attributes,
6: Mm.
0: right? And then you'll get to see like, what am I attracted to in partners? Mm -hmm. Their light and their shadow and do the exact same thing with your dad, right? And you'll see, oh, this was me projecting my father wound onto this person, right? Because sometimes we're attracted to someone and we're like, I don't know why I'm so attracted to this person, but I just am so drawn to them. And it's because they are a projection of our father wound. Right. So that can be a really helpful exercise to do. And that way, when someone new comes into your life, you can you can see yeah. clearly. OK, this is my dad showing up again.
3: Yeah. Right.
0: OK, beautiful question. Thank you.
5: Um, my name is Laura. And I think one of my biggest takeaways has. God, sisterhood massively, but also the womb work we did, Um I thought that was just incredibly powerful just to connect to that space and heal, let go. So that was really beautiful. So my question, um, I guess, is also an example of how transformational these few days have been here and how, what a gift it has been to fully embody the feminine and really step into that space. Because um, now when I look at my business, it feels almost a little bit alien to me. Like I look back at my online presence and I'm like, who is that? (laughs) I don't necessarily connect with her as much as I do now. I feel that version of me is still so in her masculine, afraid almost. Mm -hmm. And now I feel so much more embodied and in love with this beautiful woman within me. Yeah. And so. (laughs) Gorgeous. um, Yeah. It's. I didn't think I was coming here for self-love, <laughs> but I found it along the way. Um, so I guess my question is, when I go back to the real world, um, how do you navigate then kind of transitioning your business, which again is a reflection of you, to kind of express more of this, this feminine piece? I don't even know if that makes sense as a question, but I'm just seeing this kind of disconnect, and I don't know when I go
0: back yeah. how to kind of balance that. yeah. A beautiful question, thank you. Be patient with yourself and trust that if you keep showing up authentically to who you are now, not who you used to be, that will naturally show on the outside. Right? So the business is gonna change as a result of you, your in your internal is changing, right? Your values are shifting, your relationship with yourself is shifting, your embodiment is shifting. Embodiment is something that we can't deny, right? So I just want to reassure you that even if you tried to be the same in your business as you were, you wouldn't be able to, right? Because the soul speaks loudly, your energy speaks, your embodiment speaks. So I think my invitation to you would just be to share, create content, lead your business based on who you are now, right? And reassess, like look back at like your old ways of doing things and be like, does this still fit? You know, does this still resonate? Or actually do I wanna say this in a different way now? Or do I wanna add a bit more depth to this thing that I'm teaching about? Or does the way I create content get to shift now, right? So there's like a re-examination of everything and when you go home, different things will come up. And it's, again, like an opportunity for you to shift, an opportunity for you to shift the way you do things based on what is now authentic to you, right? So what tends to happen after, you know, doing deep work like this is you go home and you realize things start to drop away from your life because they now don't feel authentic to who you now are, right? And that's the beautiful journey of, healing and soul growth, and especially working with the feminine, is constant death and rebirth, constant shedding of the skin like the snake, right? Constant shifting and evolving and becoming who we truly are. So you don't need to do that much, right? You just need to be staying true to who you are, staying true to your authenticity and your embodiment, and the ripple effect will happen naturally.
8: Hello. hi. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the father wound, if Mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like the story I've sort of had in my head is this, the damsel in distress or the idea of being rescued by a man. Mm -hmm. And it's a narrative I'm moving away from. But when I've openly spoken about it, people always ask me about the relationship I had with my father and, you know, how my needs weren't perhaps met by him in childhood. The reality is I had a really loving relationship with my father and he's a really wonderful man. So I've never really been able to join the dots. And I was wondering if you have any, I don't know, idea or clarity on that. Yeah,
0: totally. I mean, sometimes it's not personal wounding, it's collective wounding. And our culture raises women to be in their maiden energy, right? We're not, um, if you take a look at our collective and the way that we raise women, we're not raising them to really know their own power, right? We're not really, we're doing better, but we're not raising them to really step into their truth, to really know that their voices are welcome in every space. Um, And so if you go back to like our childhood references and we look back at, let's say, the Disney movies that we all grew up on, right? that was perpetuating this damsel in distress, this maiden archetype. So this has such a huge impact on the, the stories that we carry around men and around their role and our role, right? There's a lot more empowering narratives now in media for women and young girls. But I mean, 30 years ago, if you think about the kind of things that we were consuming and watching in our culture, it was it's very much like about the women being in The Maiden and kind of waiting for the guy to come along and make things better and save us,
8: right? So I grew up in the Middle East and um, I guess when you are young, you don't think it affects you. But now as an adult, the covering and uh, some women, you know, my mother didn't work, et cetera, et cetera. Would you say the conditioning maybe played more of a part than the actual Direct relationship with my. Yeah, yeah. Parents. So the
0: conditioning, like what made you feel like it's not safe for me to be seen, women should be seen and not heard, or mm. women should not be able to express themselves openly. Yeah. We are, you know, being objectified or being seen as possessions, right? Does any of that relate? Resonate? Yeah. So, like, all of this is like, um, is making you ultimately feel powerless. Right Or disempowered in being a woman, right? So the journey here is to go from maiden to queen and really step into that power, which is something that you get to do without a man being present. right? This is a personal journey. Um, but hopefully on this retreat, you're kind of discovering how to do that, right? So um the father wound can also be you know how we have like the great mother is mother nature. So the great father can be like father culture, right? If you see like the feminine as nature, the masculine as our culture, because we've grown up in a patriarchal culture. So it can also be the father wound of our world. Makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you. And also, you know, when we use terms like father wound, mother wound, sisterhood wound, right? that's just how we refer to them and it's it's they're opportunities for our healing for our growth for our expansion so please don't take any of this talk around wounding and go away going oh my god i've got so many wounds (laughs) right i've got so many things to fix because you know i i said this on our very first session together is these are just opportunities to open and expand more in love right to to reveal and shine more light on darker aspects of of what we may have grown up with right so um when you when you refer to it as a wound you know see you know i think sometimes it can be very disempowering to be like i have a father wound right or i have a big mother wound right and be like i'm working with this wound and i'm learning to heal it and love it and shine a light on it and bring more awareness to it. So the way that we approach our healing journey is um, so important. And if we are approaching everything with like, oh my God, I'm so broken, I need to fix this, I need to fix this, then we're gonna be someone that's just constantly looking for more things to fix and never feeling good enough, right? right? So. We all have these wounds and we're all completely whole and complete and perfect and lovable with them, right? So I don't want anyone kind of going away with a checklist of wounds, right? It's like, I hope that this experience is making you realize just how worthy of love you are with, with all of the things, right? Okay. Yes, Jai. Um, I'm
9: Jai and I had a really big takeaway, lots of takeaways. And yesterday I actually woke up and just had to write something down. So I thought I'd share it because it was such a it was just like a pouring of intuition. So I realized who I was was a girl who wouldn't, shouldn't do. Who I was, was who I wasn't. Now who I am is all that I am. (laughs) Claiming every dream and desire. (laughs) Every fiber of my body. Every ember of my soul, now who I am, is all of me. I am free to be me, every whim, decision, and desire, free to be all that I am. So beautiful. (laughs) So beautiful. Thank you. Um, my question was just more about, um, you just are so inspiring, obviously, and I just wanted to know more about how you, like what, what call you answered and how you became to learn about all the archetypes and just embodied this
0: incredible feminine energy and strength thank you well thank you so much for sharing that i am just so touched that 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 you became a channel for that message and that you received that for yourself and i'm just so excited to see how that is going to translate into your world and your life and your being when you get home so thank you for sharing that with us yeah So um, yeah, I think I've been on this journey for almost a decade. And the very first thing that really ignited my journey was learning to come into harmony with my own body. Um, When we don't have a healthy relationship with the feminine, often that shows up in how we relate to our body. So body dysmorphia, eating disorders, um you know dysfunctional relationship with food and that was my life right so i had been struggling with um started off with anorexia and then moved into bulimia and binge eating and i felt like a drug addict when it came to food when it came to dieting when it came to the scales when it came to my weight i was so obsessive so controlling and so disconnected from my body and the first archetype that really came to work with me and it it wasn't, I wasn't aware of the archetypes at that point. I was just um, desperate. Um, And sometimes it takes you getting to like a really desperate place for you to get the wake up call. Who's been there? So my desperate place was, I was married in my early twenties And um, I was married to a man that was in the military and he was constantly away in Afghanistan or um, yeah, just off doing (laughs) military things. And so I was at home by myself a lot. And every time he was away, I would starve myself because I thought I can't enjoy I can't enjoy myself. I can't enjoy pleasure. I can't enjoy anything until he gets home safe. And um, if anyone knows like anything about the military, like one of the things that they're known for is they get married young. So he had gotten married young. All of his friends were married. And they had all started like making babies already. And we started talking about trying for a baby. And I was like 22. And I had been literally like a high functioning bulimic for like a number of years. And I remember, and I'd hidden this from him, completely hidden this from him because we didn't have the type of relationship where we were actually being emotionally intimate with each other ever. Um, so we started talking about trying for a baby and I remember going into the bathroom standing on the scales and then looking in the mirror and looking at my body and being like, how on earth am I going to get through pregnancy with an eating disorder? Like, how can I do that to my baby? Right. And so that groundbreaking moment of I can't continue this for the health of my baby led me to, well, why am I doing it for myself then? Right. Why am I doing this to my own body if I wouldn't do this to a baby? Um, And so it was the mother archetype that first came to work through me, right? And it was that archetype that invited me into learning how to love myself, learning how to connect with my body and love my body before I was ready to actually conceive. And what happened was I started asking myself, okay, if I was a person who loved myself, how would I move through life differently? Like, what would I do? How would I react or how would I like um, be around food? How would I be around my body? Like how would it impact my relationship with exercise? Like all of these things, how would it impact the way that I spoke to myself? And I started to try and make these shifts and gradually what started happening was I just completely unraveled who I was and found the truth, right? And started to come into this loving relationship with myself for the first time. And when I did that, it made me look at my relationship and be like, "Oh, this doesn't fit anymore." Right? Because there's no intimacy, there's no real connection. I don't know what we have in common <laughs> anymore because I started doing this this growth and like developing this relationship with myself that i hadn't had before in this sense of self-worth which meant then i was like okay i think i think i've outgrown this this chapter and so since then i've just been on a journey of spiritual growth personal healing work um and the the feminine energy stuff came a little bit later for me when i was growing my business because i realized i was like burning out a lot i was hustling a lot i was constantly like hitting these goals and still feeling like not satisfied by them, right? So like doing these things, ticking these achievements off the list and being like, eh, now, like now what? Like, oh, there's another one, great, right? And um, I remember getting into an argument with my ex uh, when we were living in Bali And he was like, you do know that you're not your business. And I was like, wait, what? And it was like a brand new thought for me (laughs) because I'd identified so much with being my brand, being my business that I had forgotten all of the other parts of my life that were really important. So my journey to like really reconnecting with my feminine, I think started with my body then led into sexuality, and then trickled into my business. It's a long-winded answer, but thank you.
10: Hi. Hi. My name is Missy, and I would say the biggest takeaway for me is just fully being in the present moment with so many beautiful sisters who see you, who hear you, who love you unconditionally, and just radiating this, everyone's on Instagram saying you're glowing, you know, just always carrying this energy of glowing, of embodying all the archetypes into your life, into your business, into your relationships. And yeah, my biggest takeaway is always just carrying this energy of sister and present moment into your life in how, whatever way you can. And my question is, would you say the what you the most success you've had with growing your audience would be like sharing these stories of yourself like how did you get to this point of you know so many beautiful women and this is where I want this is like my path and is holding these group containers and community and I just started in May so it's all the beginning you know but um I would love to hear your story on like if it was the stories or how you got here
0: Mm. whatever tips you have Mm. and yeah. Well, first of all, I've been, yeah, doing this for like over 10 years. Um, I think I started out uh, on Instagram at, in like, where are we now? 2023. Yeah, about 10 years ago. So I'm not someone that's just kind of, oh, I just did this one thing and then suddenly like everything shifted. I've more been like a slow burner, <laughs> you know? And I like that. Um, I think. Seeing your business as growing a community rather than growing an audience is helpful. Um, And seeking to really connect with people through that platform. Um, I don't use my Instagram to, um, I don't really see it as like, I'm just here to show up and teach people things. I see it more as like, this is just my vehicle for self-expression, right? So I try not to like limit myself on that. I try and just, if I want to post this one day, then I will. And I I try not to kind of box myself into like, oh, I can't do this because this is not professional. Whatever. Right.
10: Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. Like like I love having the self-expression, but when it comes to like the education and all the things that people say that you should do to grow, it it gets overwhelming. And you don't want to live in that space of yeah overwhelm when it comes to posting, yeah I say just... fuck
0: all of that yeah <laughs> right and I think the best way that you can educate people is through your embodiment right and that is the the feminine way is teaching through your own lived experiences right not teaching what you've read in a book somewhere but teaching what is embodied in your being what have you been through in your life and what's that taught you what's that shown to you um And that's really how I've just showed up and shared. And I would do that if I had 50 people, right? Because for me, that's like how I process and share. It's like, it feels like self-expression, right? Um, Every time I've leaned into sharing vulnerably, I've always been so grateful that I did. And I've always had so many messages from people being like, thank you so much for letting me know that I'm not alone in this. Um, and that feels good for me, because it feels like I'm helping other women that have have a voice if they don't feel like they can say what they've been through, I'm going through it with them. Um, and I think the next thing is about building an, building an audience or building um, an online community is um, you've got to really like find a way for you to actually enjoy it, right? I'm not someone that, in, if someone said to me, okay, the way to do that is, t- the way to you know grow your community is to create loads of graphics in Canva and type out a bunch of quotes and follow this content plan. I'd be like, That doesn't sound fun. It's not organic for most
10: people.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Like, so I'm not going to do that, right? It doesn't feel fun to me. Um, But then someone else would say to me, like, how do you stay consistent on Instagram? And I'm like, I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy the way that I show up on Instagram. So it doesn't feel like something I have to put effort into anymore. It's just like, oh, I just share. Like, this is how I share. Yeah, organically. Exactly. Organically, intuitively and not um, not forcing anything, you know, um, and not thinking, oh my God, it's been like a, a day, I haven't posted anything, I've got to post. Just like post when you feel called to post. So that's how I've done it. Again, I've not I've not been someone that's been like, I'm going to really laser focus on growing my community. I've not really been that person. I've just been like, I'm just going to share from the heart. I'm just going to enjoy using this platform and build a community. What do you feel inspired to share rather than what do I think they want me to share? You know, right? People wanna learn from people. Um, So if you have been through something and there's been so many profound lessons, there's such beauty in you sharing that as someone that's walked through those lessons yourself. If you used to be this party girl, and that's what people were following you for before, tell the story mm-hmm. and tell it over and over again. Yeah. This is how I was. This is the values that I had. This is what my life was like. Now this is where I am. This is this is how I got here. Right. People really want to know. Yeah. yeah. So it's okay if people are not on board with pendulums straight away. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> they're used to you popping bottles in the club or whatever it was. Doing right?
10: bends and all the things. Right.
0: So, yeah, bridge the gap. Tell the story. And this is also what to do if you're making a big pivot in your business, right? Let's say you started off doing food and now you want to move into more, like, sensuality. Like, bridge that gap. Like, tell people why, why you're changing direction. And, like, take them on the journey with you.
10: Amazing. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, so I have a lot of like,
1: um, wounding around like medical trauma and, um, just not being able to like trust doctors and, you know, one day I would like to have a baby and a family and I know that your birth plan changed and I just, um, I don't know, like how do I trust people to help me through that. You know, Um, I felt very like unlistened, like not listened to by doctors. Um, So
0: yeah, how do I, how do I get through that? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, there's, I completely understand, first of all, why you would feel like that if you had that kind of an experience. Um, my experience was, I was very much in your position, like I don't trust anyone. And then I got plummeted into like, okay, like these people literally saved your life, saved your baby's life. And I feel like that was God's way of being like, okay, time for you to like trust the medical system again a little bit, you know, like time for you to get over yourself a little bit with this and like, see the beauty in Western medicine instead of seeing all the flaws so I think if we recognize that there's um there's wounding there and there's trauma there then if we have a desire to find more harmony to find more balance then either we can move towards it or we can see if life will just move us there towards it right um but I think we get to recognize that there's beauty in both there's beauty in this kind of spiritual healing and there's beauty in Western medicine. Western medicine is flawed in a lot of ways because it's missing a lot of the deeper healing elements, but it's also really amazing in an emergency and really life-saving often. And it's stuff that we wouldn't have been able, it's like opportunities to to live when, you know, 100 years ago, we wouldn't have had that opportunity. So um, in terms of pregnancy, Right. You said you want to have a family and you want to have a baby. I think let your let your intuition support you during pregnancy in terms of how much medical support you want. There's so many different ways to go through a pregnancy. Um, Some people want to get a scan like every couple of weeks. Some people want to have as little scans as possible. But my advice to someone going into that for the first time that has wounding around the medical system is to not completely lean away from it, because you might have like a big surprise like me, (laughs) Um, but to incorporate some of it in, right? So maybe you work with a midwife rather than an OB. Maybe you work with a doula. So it's like holistic support. and see if you can find like some integration um because we can't predict our birth experience and we can't like decide we can we can visualize and we can try to like have the birth that we dream of but it's one of those things that is often just out of our hands when it comes down to it um so Yeah, I think my advice would be to try and find a balance, try and find a harmony. Yeah. Thank you. So I really hope you loved this episode. If you enjoy listening to this show, I would love if you would leave us a review. And really exciting, you can now have your question answered by me on this show live by sending in a voice note. To the show so you will have the option to have this message completely anonymous too but it's going to be like getting mini coaching from me on air so if you want to take part in this I would love to do this with you so go to the link in the show notes and you'll know exactly what to do so thank you so
2: much